Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Garage Gym Experiment podcast. My name is Adam, and no Jake tonight, but I will be diving deep into the home gym scene with a friend of the show, the Kurt Locker. Curtis, thanks for jumping on tonight. Hey, it's a pleasure to be on. Awesome. On tonight's episode, we're going to take a look at some level of interest questions that were asked on the Sunday survey, and these have to do with new products from some popular companies. After that, Kurt and I will be having a chat about the process of building out a home gym. Some people call it levels, others call it a hierarchy, and I've also heard it being referred to as tiers. But we're going to talk about what you should start with when you build your home gym, and then where you should look to add as you build it out. So with that, Kurt, you ready to dive in? Yeah, let's send it, man. Awesome. Let's do it. So we had a handful of level of interest questions. And so if you are new to this style of the Sunday survey, what we do is we show a picture of a product and then you rate your level of interest. You either vote for you have a high level of interest, medium level of interest, low, or you're just neutral on it. I went ahead and broke this out. We had four different bars that were shown. And I'm going to ask Curtis, which bar do you think got the highest level of interest? Let me list them for you first, okay? So first up, we have the Rep Cambered Swiss Bar, the Rogue Multi-Grip, the Rogue Cambered Multi-Grip, and then Titan Open Trap Bar. So hearing those, which one do you think got the highest level of interest? We'll word it like that, and then we'll break down the highs and the mediums. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to have to go uh, Rep Cambridge Swiss Bar probably got the majority of the votes on this. That's at least my guess. Uh, that's based on price. But Titan did, and it was on April Fool's, so it was a little bit confusing, but they did uh, send a picture of that open trap bar. And I know that got my attention, especially since I think open trap bars are the way to go. Uh, so yeah, I'd probably say Rep Cambridge Swiss Bar was probably the, the highest one, in my opinion. Yeah, you got it, man. So if we break down the numbers on that rep Cambridge Swiss bar, and you mentioned the price, and I think that's what really did it right now, two ninety shipped. 22% said they have a high level of interest, 36% medium, 38% low, and then they had a 4% neutral. And then you were right on it. That second one was the Titan open trap bar. You know, they teased with that picture and said, should, should we drop it? And they haven't dropped it yet. So uh, we'll yeah. see when that happens. Was it real? Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. I feel I can't help but feel like they were starting. To, they were trying to stir the pot between the Aliko Kabuki lawsuit and Titan was just like April Fools. Just kidding. Oh, really? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I know April Fools. We got teased with like a lot of products. I think my favorite tease was the Ghost Strong. It was the Yukon Bar, or um, you know, the the Cambridge Yukon Bar. Yeah. In a um, Smith machine. I think that was my favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. If we're talking about favorites on that, as a sidebar, the stray dog cornhole boards. Oh, yeah. If you live in Ohio, oh, yeah. corn dog is basically a sport here. I think you're in Michigan, so it's probably pretty close to the same thing. Yeah, man. But yeah, anyways, let's let's continue back on track. Yeah, you're good. Uh, that tight and open trap bar, though, a high level of interest was 22%, same as the Rep Cambered Swiss, a little bit lower in that medium, 32%, low level of interest, 43%, and then 3% neutral. The Rogue Multi-Grips didn't get a lot of love and probably had to do a price. You can actually order those now, and I have the prices here. Yep. So that Rogue Multi-Grip, just the Multi-Grip, not the Cambered one, is $3.95. I think you get two sets of their handles, which can go in any of the placings. And then it's $45 for an extra set of handles. But then you're talking shipping as well, which is probably going to be around $90, I would guess. So almost 500 bucks to get it to you. The Rogue Cambered Multi-Grip Bar starts off at $425. 
And then same thing, $45 for extra pairs of handles. And, um, you know, you have to pay shipping as well. So price probably had something to do with that. Just running through the numbers really quick. More people had a higher level of interest in the Cambird multi-grip, which I don't think would be surprising. 14%, only 7% had a high level of interest in like the Rogue Swiss Bar, the, the Cambird. And yeah. then most people for the Rogue Multi, 71% had a low level of interest and 57% had a low level of interest for the Cambered multi-grip. I will say in typical Rogue fashion, it it's very well done as you'd expect. I think the videos do a great job showing what it is, but when you put your hands on it, we were able to play with it at the uh, Arnold, not the Cambered one, but the, uh, the regular one. And, um, that's what I was yeah. just about to say. I, I it's think great. I remember seeing video of you and Jake down there doing doing some reps with it. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty sweet. I'd be curious to try yeah. it. I don't. I'm not interested in buying it. Yeah. But I I do live just. I say down the road from Rogue. I yeah. feel Like I should go stop by the showroom and give it a, give it a go. Yeah, I mean it, it's all it's it's very well built as you'd expect. But there you have it, uh, Rep Cambridge Swiss coming in tops in our highest level of interest in the bars that we showed. Let's go to the benches. We had two benches on our level of interest this week. It's not like we're really comparing them, but we can compare them. So we're talking about the Rep AB forty one hundred. That's Rep's newest bench, and then the Bells of Steel Buzzsaw bench. I went ahead and I'll throw this at you before I ask you which one you thought here had the higher level of interest. The buzzsaw bench is a little bit heavier and it costs a little more as well. So $475 from Bells of Steel and then that Rep 4100 is $400. So this one might be a little easier. Which one do you think got the higher level of interest? So I think it's easier, but I, I think it goes beyond price. So I'm going to go with the 4100 probably got the higher level of interest. And the price is a factor on that, but I also think that the other factor is that Rep has really done a lot to change the game as far as making quality import benches. And although Bells of Steel might have a really good bench with that buzzsaw bench, uh, it's not really proven yet. So we haven't really seen a lot of really good benches from Bells of Steel, in my opinion, yet. So although the buzzsaw might be great, it's going to take some time for it to gain a little bit of traction. Yeah, I really like that answer. When you think rep these days, the, the first thing I think of is benches. I don't, I don't know about you, but reps kind of got a really good grip on benches. So when they release a new bench, it's it's gonna spark a lot of interest, especially with storage too. Because if I recall correctly, and I might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure 4100 has the the closed latching system because storage is a large issue with adjustable benches and being able to store it upright without the ladder swinging out was a really big benefit. If I'm pretty sure that was the 41. Yeah, I, I know it stores upright, and I don't remember if it's got the closed. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right. I think it does have the closed ladder track in there. Yeah, so we'll just go through the numbers real quick. That Rep 4100, high level of interest, 33%. Medium level of interest, 43%. Low level of interest, 22%. Neutral, 2%. The buzzsaw bench from Bells of Steel, high level, 16%. So only half of what the high level of the Rep bench got. About the same for medium, 42% to 43%. Uh, low level of interest for the buzzsaw, 40%. Neutral, two percent and i'm always curious here like what are people thinking when we ask our level of interest questions and part of me is thinking like do we have people putting that they have a low level of interest because they have a bench that they're happy with it's like oh I, no interest because i have a bench when i do the level of interest it's purely like let, look at this picture does this interest you whether i have it or not like is it enough to like 
you know, excite me knowing price as well. I always keep price in the back of my head as well. How do you take those? So when I take those, I I generally kind of take them the same as you do. I don't necessarily like look at like, do I like it? Do I want it? I also look at, uh, do I like that brand or do I like the, the quality of product that that brand has put out? I think that definitely comes into play. But I don't answer it like I have a bench, so I'm not interested in a bench. I answer it, uh, this is my training, that's a piece of equipment. Does that piece of equipment, that brand, belong in my training space? I'm going to go out on, I'm just going to tell you people listening right now, that's the way to do it. Okay? So you heard it here. When you're taking the level of interest, that's right. Uh, If you already have it, that's okay. Does it still interest you? (laughs) All right, moving on. We had two cable attachments. One we've seen and have had excitement about and the price came out and I think that put it kind of a damper. Um, It's the Aries attachment from Rep. The other one I thought was pretty cool, Rogue Monster Slinger Stack. So that is the selectorized stack behind the the post of the Rogue Monster rack to go with the Slinger. Finally, something that makes the Slinger a little more uh, usable. So it also pushes it to the back. So if you have a right. six post rack, it pushes it to the back, right? Yeah. And I think that's really smart of Rogue. And I think the what's been echoed in the home gym chambers is, well, it's about time. <laughs> because I think Rogue rack users have been looking for something better to go with the slinger. But you know what? That That's opened up avenues for people like Surplus Strength. So uh, anyway, the Aries and then the Rogue Monster Slinger Stack. Kurt, uh, which one do you think people had a higher level of interest in? So I'm going to say what I said, and that was the Rogue Monster Slinger Stack. And I might be wrong on that, but I do have some reasons for that. We can get into it later. Yeah, you, or not, you're wrong. Prefer. And it, there wasn't a big difference in these. Both of them, about half of the people voting had low level of interest. Okay, And then the numbers are, are pretty similar. We could call this one to tie, but... Technically, it's not. 16% had a high level of interest in the Rogue Monster Slinger Stack. 21% had a high level of interest in the Ares Cable Attachment. But I want to hear your reasoning for why you say the Rogue Monster Slinger Stack. So the the whole thing here is that we're turning a power rack also into a functional trainer. Now, the, the Ares is, it seems like a really cool design. I've seen the videos on it. I like it. Um, I don't when I say I like it, I mean, like, I don't think it's a terrible design. I think it's well done. I think it's a little bit complicated, but it's well done. Uh, where I think the rope pulls ahead is the fact that it's not stuck on that, that generally speaking, about 43-inch wide piece of equipment. So the Aries is kind of stuck to that 43-inch wide piece of equipment. I say 43 because it's 43 inches on most American-made power racks. I think it's 42 or 41 on a, on a rep. For me, a functional trainer really needs to be a little bit wider at about 60 inches or so. Now, the Rogue has the capability of kind of doing standalone uh, posts. So you could do like the Monster K, for instance, put a Rogue stack maybe on one of your uprights and then on one of the wings. And then what you have is a 60 inch wide functional trainer, which allows you to have a, a wider range of motion, especially when people think functional trainer, you think flies, flies coming from the rear versus flies coming from the side one of them is a little bit more effective, especially at the end range of motion. Uh, So that's just my opinion. I think that the Slinger is a little bit more modular. I think the Ares is a really cool system. The price, although high, isn't really all that too terrible, I guess. Um, It's just higher than I think most people were expecting. Yeah, I need to check. That's that's my why on on Rogue. Yeah, I need to check myself when I keep saying that that Ares comes in high because 
it really is taking the place of a functional trainer with two stacks. And so when you yes. when you consider that yes. the price is what it is, and it does look very well done. Yeah. Um, Another thing I don't like about it is that it seals off the back of the rack, where the slinger doesn't. It leaves the back of the rack open. And for so if like someone wanted to put a a reverse hyper uh, in the back two posts mounted up on their their six post rack, they still have the availability. If they wanted to put a UPS system for whatever reason, anything that they wanted to do in the back of the power rack is still available because you basically turn it from blocking off the back to uh, just being on the wings. Yeah, I'm gonna follow up with you and say that I also said that the uh, Rogue Monster Slinger stack was a medium high level of interest. What I think is really cool that you can do with the rogue stuff is get yourself a nice flat pull down chair, put it into the to the rack. That is true. Where otherwise you're using leg rollers or, or something like that to pin your legs down or, or nothing at all and just using yeah. your bench, which is fine. But uh, a lat pull down seat is something I miss in my gym. So Absolutely. And that design that Rogue made has been done by other companies as well. I've talked about Stray Dog once before, but Stray Dog has a very similar design right. uh, with their ATR units. I know there's another one that's like right on the top of my head and I'll think about it in like five minutes, but I know there's at least one more that I've seen. So that that design is tried and true. I'm really curious to see how the Aries does. I'm very, I'm not very, I am slightly cautious about the level of complexity that it seems to have. Uh, they even say in the demo video that it has a pretty high level of complexity, so they can't guarantee that it's going to fit on any rack except for theirs. Yeah, those cables are they're they're coming through some different places, and being that you do have a, a functional track on the front of your rack, it, it does seem like it gets pretty complex. All right, we have two kind of outliers that don't fit categories with anything else. So we'll start with the Zbex sled, which has been getting a lot of attention lately. So where do you think that one lays in the? Um, high, medium, low, or neutral? So considering that it's garage gym community, we saw this type of sled come out once before. Uh, um, Tank Tank came out with a sled of similar design before. So now we're seeing the Z-Bex version. I think that the, the Tank version probably looked really cool and people really wanted to get it. So I'm gonna say that the Z-Bex, uh, I'm assuming it's gonna come in a little bit more affordable than Tank. I haven't seen the price on it. 800. But I'd say 800. God. For garage gyms, um, because this is level of interest, right? Right. I'm going to say like me medium level was probably the highest. I don't know. Yeah. You got your finger on the pulse there. High 12%, medium 23%, low 62%, and then neutral 3%. Ooh. Yeah. I think it's just, it's too big and it's too much money. Um, those things are so cool. It's just, they're so big and there's so much money. They're awesome. Like in my specific space, first of all, I'm in a basement, so it would be an outdoor toy. And yeah. then just where I live, I'm not in a neighborhood. I'm on a, I'm on a busy street. I, I can't imagine myself pushing that thing down the side of a busy road. Just go out on the sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. I, hey, you say that you say that, but I used to make, I used to make people push the, the big tank M4 sled and we would go right up to this road that went by the airport, and people loved it. They yeah, walking like crazy. So, since I was a PT, I'd always wave. Yeah, yeah. Point at the guys that were PTing, but yeah, good times had my all. <laughs> and I love the torque tank. And then when I saw Zbex coming out with this one, it's got the screen where you know it records some data for you. I, th I think it's really cool, yeah. and I I have interest in it, but not 
personally to own myself more for someone else to own and I can go use it. So uh, when Jake is listening to this, Jake, you need to get the ZBEX sled and I'm going to come over and I'm going to play with it. So <laughs> there you go. This last one was also at the Arnold. And when I remember seeing this on a computer screen and I'm like, why, why would you ever? And then you see it in person at the Arnold and I get it now. It's, it's having, uh, well, I'll just introduce it first and then we'll have a conversation. It's a real life monster. It's the rogue RM 43 monster rack. And, uh, if you don't know what that is, it's a four by three rack, super thick steel, the keyholes one inch. So Curtis, what do you think the level of interest in something like that would be? I'm going to go with, uh, the level of interest is probably low and it's going to be wallet considering. And I'm sure there's some people out there that will say, well, you'll never need that. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you don't need, but the level of coolness. Now I'd love to see like level of interest versus like level of badassery. Yeah. Uh, I want to see those metrics put up next to each other because I've, I have a strong feeling that most people think it's really cool. There's going to be some Debbie Downers out there that are like, oh, it's stupid. But no, it doesn't matter. It's cool. You know what else is cool? So battleships. Cool. And battleships are huge. Aircraft yeah. carriers. Aircraft carriers are huge. Big bomber airplanes. Those things are huge as well. And yeah, the 43 is badass, but the level of interest is probably pretty low. Yeah, the numbers kind of shock me because I agree with you. I think it, it would it would match something like we saw with the tank, like 60s, 70s and in, in like the low level of interest. But uh, high level of interest, 24%. Medium okay. level of interest, 29%. Low level of interest, 45%. And then neutral too. It's a bit higher than I expected. What about you? Yeah, that's higher than I expected. It's got to be some ballers listening to that show because i consider price when i consider my level of interest in something you know what? And and i remember we, seeing the price we just made Wait, the rules right price on that? We, yeah we just made them we made these rules and i totally didn't follow them for this because yeah, nowhere okay. in my consideration was price i just remember being at the arnold and they had two of these things linked together by like uh i mean it looked like the steel you would use at the bottom of a bridge it, brand new like glossy red and black and i just thought that is the coolest thing that i'll never be able to afford it's fantastic uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i said high level yep. of interest and i will never have one but man it was yep. cool well when it comes to the rules welcome to the garage gym experiment podcast where the rules are made up and the points don't matter <laughs> yeah that's right all right, that's going to do it for our Sunday survey results. Now, let's get into tonight's discussion, and that is the order in which most people should build out their home gym. What do you start with, and where do you go from there? So we're going to start this question, and it's going to be kind of unique because we have on the Kurt Locker, and the Kurt Locker is a sports-specific trainer. Um, so we're going to talk to someone who competes in strongman and is worried about strength, and certain movement patterns that a lot of people may not participate in. So, Curtis, when you were building out yours, so not what you're recommending for the people, but when you were building out your original home gym, what was your hierarchy, your stages, your steps? What did you start with and where did you go from there? So I actually had to give this some thought. And so I, I talked about this before with the, the rogue squat stand, and I actually got the order wrong. So I finally got my rogue uh, order history to load. And I, I recalled it as soon as I saw the order history, it all came back to me. So basically, I got a program called One Man, One Barbell. 
learned a little bit about barbells, bought a barbell. So I bought my barbell first, which was not the barbell that I should have bought. Uh, and then I bought some high temp bumper plates, which are not the plates that I should have bought. Uh, and then after I had those two things, I made myself a pull-up bar and uh, bought a squat stand. And the squat stand was actually pretty good. But that was like where it all started for me. That was the hierarchy. I wanted to just get the bar first, get the weights first, and then add things. Because I figured that I could always uh, clean the weight up if I want to squat it or Steinborn squat it, uh, which is a strongman movement. And so that was kind of where my gym started. And uh, I don't regret how it started, but it, it definitely wasn't what it is today. And it definitely wasn't what I needed. I heard some mistakes uh, in there. Like, shouldn't have got this one, shouldn't have got that one. But you did mention you started barbell, plates, squats, uh, pull-up bar, squat stand. Would you recommend yeah. a similar path for the masses? Absolutely. I don't have an issue with the path. So, like, the order of it was fine. Uh, unless you find, like, a sale that jumps up on a rack and you know you're going to want a rack. Uh, so, yeah, jump on that sale or jump on that opportunity. But as for the order of it, it was fine. It was just the the what's. I, I guess I really wasn't educated on what there was out there. There there wasn't really, as far as gym equipment review channels or garage gym experiment or any of that kind of stuff, it, it just wasn't around at that time. What year are we talking? 2014 is when I started looking. 2015 is when I bought. Yeah, I should know this from our previous conversation. And... I'm going to direct you guys back to our previous conversation. We talked to Kurt about his home gym specifically. Uh, you can see his storage system, all the barbells. I want to talk about the barbells in this hierarchy pattern. When does someone need to start considering about a specialty bar? Oh, specialty bar. Okay. So I, I would well, say that most people probably. I was going to say not to even necessarily... a specialty bar, but like a, a second barbell in general. Oh, uh, that's going to be highly specific on what your goals are and what you're trying to do. So let's let's take my my case. So I bought a CrossFit style as an operator bar from Road Fitness. There's nothing wrong with the oper operator bar. It's a 28.5 mil CrossFit hybrid bar, uh, but it wasn't the bar that I needed. But based on the material I had read on one man, one barbell, and then the fact that they had a grenade really attracted my attention. Now, when I bought a second bar was when I realized that what I really needed to effectively train, uh, not that I couldn't train with the operator bar, but to more optimally train, I needed to get a powerlifting bar. And so that's when I started shopping the Boneyard and I picked up my Rogue Ohio Power Bar, which is still back in the rack behind me. So I would say that if you're looking to just get two barbells and they're just plain old barbells, not specialty barbells, it, it'll be driven by your training or it'll be driven by just your desire. But as far as like a need is concerned, I'd say be driven by your training. So if, if you're uh, training with a female that maybe can't do a 45 pound bar, which is a real thing on certain movements, then maybe that's going to drive you to get a technique bar or a, a, a 25 mil female bar. If you're like me and you had issues with uh, an operator bar basically starting to slide off of your back and you need that center knurling in order to hold it in place, then maybe that's going to drive you to get a power bar. Okay, so your gym looks very different from how it started. There is no squat stand, I can see. Uh, I don't think you still use a homemade pull-up bar. Is that true? No, no, right. no homemade pull-up bar. Okay, quickly take us through the hierarchy of what your gym is today. So I got 
this piece and then I got this piece and then the bars got added. So there's a lot. There's a lot. So the condensed the condensed version of like the hierarchy. So we'll do the cliff notes. All right, we'll do the cliff notes here. Okay. Most of the stuff in my original gym is not here. The only thing that's left are the high temp upper plates that I made a mistake on and the power bar. Uh, So really what I moved to after the power bar is I was in Ohio when I started building this gym before I moved down to Texas. And because Rogue was just down the road, I had this idea in my head that I would always save on shipping and basically just always buy Rogue. So after I had a couple bars, I made an axle bar, which I don't have anymore. I gave it to a training partner of mine down in Texas and I made a new one. But an axle bar was the next bar that I added to my, my arsenal, if you will. After that, my wife got jealous because I was getting all these next barbells, and so I got her her Bella bar. After the Bella bar, I thought uh, I competed actually in uh, a show down in Kentucky, and that was my first time ever pulling on a deadlift bar, and it was an amazing experience. And so I bought a deadlift bar. After that, I made my farmer handles, which are down here. Actually, I didn't make those. I, I take that back. I just lied there a little bit. Uh, those farmer handles were made by a really close friend of mine. He DIY'd it for me and did a great job. Uh, after that, I got a Rogue Safety Squat Bar. Uh, I got the RML 690. Or actually, I started with an RML 490, which is the four-post color rack. Uh, before I moved on to Texas, I upgraded it to a 690 by buying the two additional uprights. Uh, bought the Pitbull Strongman Log, and basically all the stuff I started to add to the gym was being driven by what I was competing with. Um, there's also other stuff in the gym that I consider equipment, um, for instance, my Atlas Stone Molds, uh-huh. and again, driven by how I competed, I needed Atlas Stone Molds in order to train Atlas Stones, so I have those sitting up in the corner. After I got down to Texas, I realized that I hated the Rogue Safety Squat Bar, so I decided to break up with it. And eventually, I because I went through the Bells of Steel, the version two, which I did not like. I actually felt really bad when I listened to you guys' podcast with the owner because I, I definitely tore that bar up on a review. Uh, after that, I got the Titan Safety Squat Bar, which I didn't hate. I actually liked it a lot. After that, I got the some multi-grip bars. It just kind of went nuts. I, I have a lot of specialty bars, but uh, I do use all of them. So, I don't know. It can, we can go on and on and on and on on this. But really, for me, in the sport of strongman, it came down to what events am I training for? Because as you get closer to some of these things, you're never going to get, I can't say never, you're usually not going to get the exact bar or the exact implement that you're going to be using in a strongman show. But you want to get close because you don't want the first time that you experience a Husafels down to be, you know, when you step onto the concrete in a big old conference center and now you got to carry it for time. I hope that makes sense. Kind of a bridging it a little bit. No, yeah. We can go all the way around this place. All my equipment isn't even in here right now either. I still have a bunch stored in my father-in-law's pole barn down the road. What What would you recommend for the masses and like not, uh, we're going to imagine it's someone who's not sports specific and they want to train to get strong and to be healthy and to, and to live a well-rounded life and take us through like step one, do this as you save up money. Because, I mean, you got to imagine most people aren't doing those big bulk orders. where like, I'm going to fill up this entire space with my gym right now and I'll be done. Ready? Go. It's, it's a steps, yeah. right? 
So Absolutely. let's hear your steps. So uh, number one, get a bar. Uh, you don't have to get your forever bar right away. I do think that you should get a decent bar, but I don't think that you need to get like a, a $500 bar as your first bar. But start off with a barbell uh, and find some weights. It doesn't really matter if they're iron or if they're bumper, in my opinion, because stall mats exist. And if you're just starting off and you just want to be healthy and you're going to be training for speed, power, whatever you're going to be training for, you can just get stall mats and you're probably not deadlifting, you know, 495. So you're going to be just fine. After you have that for a while, uh, you know, you should be keeping an eye out for a rack or a squat stand. Uh, and that's going to be which one you should buy should be determined by how safe you need to be when you're in the gym. So if you are constantly training by yourself, uh, you should probably put a little bit of weight behind getting a power rack. Uh, the reason for that is power racks are just inherently safer items when you're using them. Uh, they don't have a tendency to tip over if you dump a big load onto them. They don't have, you can get closed in safety systems, so pin and pipe safeties. It can't escape and like somehow get down to you if you have a failed rep. But that's where I would start is basically just those three things. And then as you kind of get into what type of training you're going to be doing or as you get interest into other training areas just start to like do facebook marketplace i do facebook marketplace looking for stuff i'm on there almost every day and just kind of try to find a thing like i have eight kettlebells none of them match yeah. so you don't need matching sets of stuff yeah good advice i would say that the universal is Barbell and some weight. And then after that, yep. you need some kind of rack. I agree with you. If you're lifting alone and you're looking to uh, test your limits a little bit, not saying you're maxing out, but you are getting heavy for, for yourself, get a power rack with some safeties. And then after that, it kind of gets interesting and like open-ended. Some people would say that's where you start building out your dumbbell collection. That's a, a, a big step because it costs a lot of money and there's so many that you need to pick up. Other people yep. would say you need some kind of pulley system that you can do accessories with. But but that's where it really becomes one, like bench. Oh, the, we forgot the bench. I mean, that's in like well, the so core. I actually, I omitted. I omitted, I omitted the bench. I think that bench pressing is pretty overrated. I'm a human performance student. I study strength and conditioning. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like bench is kind of a universal. Like hey, bench Monday. Uh, chest Monday type thing, but I, I omitted it on purpose. I just wanted to make sure that we brought it up. Although I am leaning up against a bench right now, I don't think it's something that you necessarily need as you start out. There are so many excellent movements that you can do uh, and not have to spend money on a bench or take up space with a bench because benches, generally speaking, are two things, especially adjustable ones. They, they cost a lot of money and they take up a lot of space. So for me, I, I omitted it on purpose. I think you can floor press. I think that you can Z press. So Z pressing is where you sit on the floor with your feet extended. Uh, it's a, a basically an upper body isolation. It, it just you, loads your arms essentially and unable to use any leg drive. I think there's a lot of really good workarounds and I don't think that bench is necessary uh, for uh, someone that's trying to start and build a gym. I think it's something that later on down the road uh, that's when you start to look and see, hey, you know, I, I really want to get a bench. Now, there is a a slight variation on that. And it's if you suddenly, as you start lifting, realize that you want to be a world-class power lifter or just a power lifter, 
in which case a bench is going to be vital because obviously that's highly sports specific. But that, that, that wasn't what we were talking about. No, yeah, you're right. I I put it in like the, the top tier things just because I love the movement. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Yep. I love getting an incline and being in a basement with low ceilings. If I'm pressing overhead, it, it's it's got to be done either on a bench or like you said, sitting on the floor or something like that. I also have a cambered barbell so I can press overhead as well. But that's, you know, yep. it, that's getting very, uh, <laughs> very creative. So, you know, sideways starting, I almost got a basement gym when we moved here. It was, it was close. Oh man, you um, blew it. The big reason that we did. Yeah, I blew it because uh, so it was some ridiculous sum of money to get nine foot ceilings in the basement. I, I need to four strong man. I have to have nine to ten foot ceilings. You've got to be um, going overhead. Okay, I yeah, you have to go overhead, and you guys standing overhead holding up. So like my my wooden log is thirteen inches in diameter. Yeah, so it's you plus your arms plus basically six inches and the weights. Yeah. Uh, you can do it. You can do it in an eight-foot space. I'm telling you, you can. But I'm also telling you that you will have marks on your ceiling. <laughs> when we sold our house in Texas. Uh, we, we had the security camera pulled up in the garage as the people were walking through looking at our house. They're, they're not listening to this, so I highly suspect they're not listening to this. And when they got into the garage, they were like, whoa, gosh. And as they walked on the rack, I'm sitting there watching on like our phone, and I'm just like, don't look up. Don't look up. Don't look up because I have smoked it with my shoulder rock. I've smoked it with my logs. Uh, yeah. Like there was definitely some use marks. I, I had a vertical bar rack. And so like taking a log out, it would like go through the drywall. I have to ask you like in your hierarchy, like I consider like cheap items that you can bring in to, to do it sooner rather than later. I'm thinking Olympic rings. I know you like the straps that you use off your rack, your Henny straps. Would you consider yeah. that as like, because I, I personally, like when, when I'm tight and I needed like an active recovery day, or if I come down early mornings, I need to yep. start moving. I love to get on the Olympic rings. It just gets my body moving before I start putting weight on. It wakes me up. And sometimes I'll just do suspension training. Would you put that in like a strong recommendation for someone? I have suspension training here. So I use TRX suspension training. Uh, the only issue with TRX is it goes to a V, so there's a lot of people that have issues because it runs on your shoulders. That's where Olympic rings come in. I think suspension training is absolutely great, especially when you consider uh, what you can do with rings is you can t take what is essentially a closed chain, closed chain kinetic movement, and you can destabilize it. So if you do a push-up on the ground, for instance, we're a closed chain, so uh, everything is touching the ground. So layman's terms, everything's touching the ground versus something like a bench press, which depending on who you ask is an open chain movement. So you take that closed chain, you put it on rings, and what you're doing is you're forcing all of the synergist muscle groups to work with the primary muscle movers to actually get a better training effect. Or in the case of recovery, you're able to manipulate your joints in such a way that you can either get a stretch that relieves pain, or you can get a stretch and apply IASTM to increase blood flow to an area to increase healing. So I use suspension training for recovery. I have TRX, I don't have rings, but I think that they're incredibly beneficial. And one thing that people don't really keep in mind with rings is that rings aren't just for your hands. So you take your feet, you put them into a set of rings and do some push-ups or something, and you're getting an amazing training effect as well. And the nice part about that is you're still 
keeping the primary mover in like, let's say you did foot suspended bench press. You're keeping the primary moving groove, the, the pectoralis major, in contact with the surface, a stable surface, and you're destabilizing the, the other end of that movement. So most people are gonna be able to get more work done, but still have to use the synergist muscle groups throughout the trunk. Yeah, I hear you. Like, okay, I'm gonna be honest. There's some big words, Curtis, but I kept up with you, okay? <laughs> You're taking away the stabilization and, and it, it creates more work for you. I love it. And then what's yeah. echoed in, in this chamber, uh, we're all dads with young kids. If you want your kids in the gym, get oh, yourself yes. a pair of rings, okay? Get yourself some bands too. Some so bands. Hang the bands up in, in the power rack and take the bands and like stretch it down and put it underneath their arms so they're holding it. Oh, this so is it's new. Like around their back. Uh-huh. And then you have to jump. And it's basically, you ever seen those trampoline yeah. parts at like the carnivals and stuff? Yeah, at it's the malls that, too. But yeah. in your power rack. Now, I, yeah, I make my kids wear a helmet when they do it uh, because there's a lot of steel. And Pull it bar up saying, there. <laughs> make them wear a helmet. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, make them wear a helmet. Well, they don't hit the pull-up bar. But uh, sometimes like a strap will flip off and they'll go flying into an upright. Uh, so what I've learned is just... So if you do it to your child and they get hurt, it's not my fault. It was Curtis's right? idea, everyone. Be a so yeah. DM him. <laughs> awesome. You can DM me and I'll, I'll show you the setup. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, I think we covered the basics and then like after that, you can start getting unique. What would you say? I don't, I don't think you do have cardio equipment, like big cardio equipment in your space. Do you? So I'm in a very small space here. I think that I'm, I've been told by everybody that comes into this gym, they're like, Oh, this is way smaller than I thought it was. I guess I'm really good at making it look big. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I do have a Peloton downstairs. It's my okay. wife's. It's not really mine. I tend to use my shoulder legs a lot to, to go for a run. I also train at like eight o'clock at night. Generally speaking, except for on Saturdays, I train at eight o'clock in the morning. And what I do Monday through Friday is when I go into my unit, we have uh, an assault runner. We have we have a, a very good set of equipment where I work, and I'm able to knock out conditioning. Now I do conditioning. Conditioning is super important. I just don't really have space for it here. Yeah. Um, in the past, though, I've had a Concept Two rower. I've had a Rogue Echo bike. And I've had another crappy, I think it was like a Schwinn 81 or something. Like it was the world's worst air bike ever. I had that for a while as well. But for my space, I just don't have any room for solid state cardio equipment. Yeah. And I, I wanted to bring that up. Steady state. Yeah. There you go. Because um, Curtis hit on it. When you do add those big pieces, they, they take up a huge footprint. They're very awkward to move yep. around, even though they have wheels and they can be moved. Uh, I like the Concept 2 rower because you, it's, it stores really nice, but it takes up a ton of space and it is uh, not a cheap investment. So that's kind of like further down the line after you get those basics. One quick celebration. I, I do have to add a new large piece of cardio equipment to my space, but I'm happy doing it because I finally got my wife to drop the gym membership and to join me in the basement. So, yay, sure. go me. We'll be getting yeah, a motorized buddy. treadmill now. So <laughs> I have the uh, the uh, unmotorized one, but she doesn't like it. So getting a motorized treadmill. Uh, 
It's the same reason I can't get rid of the stationary bike, even though we have a fan bike, because she doesn't like the fan bike. So I'm stuck yeah. with the stationary bike, and I'll be getting a motorized treadmill. The one thing we didn't mention, well, I mean, we kind of mentioned it when you said barbell and plates, get yourself some stall mats. You can lift off that. That flooring is going to be an important beginning step. Uh, some people add it too late yeah. or they try to go cheap. We say it over and over, buy yourself stall mats. You can definitely get some uh, pricier gym flooring, which is great if you can swing it. If not, spend yeah. the money and get stall mats, even though they keep climbing up in price. I think the last time I looked, they're about 50 bucks for that four by six uh, mat instead of the 30 when I first started buying them. But there you go. The secret's I, out. I have the benefit here where... Yeah, I have the benefit here where my father-in-law has a 40 by 60 foot pole barn. For a short period of time, my gym was set up in it. And uh, I think I have five stall mats somewhere in that pole barn. So I have the same gold mine in there. That's how, that's how much I value. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's awesome. It's for whenever I eventually get to expand beyond my 12 by 20 uh, footprint. Yeah. And, well, and you get all that done in what you just said, like 240 square feet. That's awesome. Cool. Let's wrap it up right there. That's going to end it for tonight's uh, Sunday survey and discussion. We're going to thank Curtis for being on with us, jumping on in Jake's absence. Curtis, give him your plug real quick, just in case they don't know. Oh, absolutely. So I'm on uh, basically all the socials at the underscore Kurt Locker. So I'm on Instagram, YouTube. I'm on the Tiki Talkie now, although I'm not very active. Uh, I'm also on the thekurtlocker.com. Uh, the website's up. It's me building a website. And keep in mind, Simple Jack builds a website. Website worky, not always looky goody. <laughs> Man of few words. Less words. When it comes more to good. websites, yes. When it comes to training, when it comes to training, I know the big ones. Awesome. Did you like tonight's episode? Be sure to give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search Garage Gym Experiment. Be sure to participate in our surveys on Instagram and check out the Garage Gym Experiment website for all your home gym content. Jake, is there anything left for the people? Oh, he's not here. Well, that's going to end it, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye.